I'm going to talk this morning about miracles of provision. How many knows that God still provides? I want to talk about ways that God provides. And some of them you're going to think, well, I could have thought of that. And, and we probably did. But in everything we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about how God does what God does. Because nobody can really do what God does. I mean, God is, he works with us for real. We always have a part to play. But we're going to talk about how God can provide. And some people just think it's happenstance or it's just this way or, oh, that's just coincidence. Or if you're really trendy, it might be coinky dinky. I'll probably get in trouble for saying that now, but it's all good. The Old Testament pattern shows us that God dealt with his people Israel. And the scripture said it was written for our learning. He wrote it for their learning. So they were natural Israel. We're spiritual Israel. You know, obviously we're not living back in the Old Testament. We're in the New and we're coming along. But he still deals with us and he still provides for you and me just like he provided for them. So I want us to keep in mind this, though. So this is something that as I discuss these, we're going to look at four ways that God provides. But in all of these, there's kind of like, uh, if I could help, Scott is, where's Scott at? Scott, show me, wave at me, Scott. Are you in here? Scott is not in here. Does Scott work for Nationwide? Okay, so this is the, this, here's, here's the plug for Scott. He's an insurance man at Nationwide. Nationwide. Don't you love, remember when jingles were really important? How about when we grew up as kids, that's how we knew what toys to buy. Tiny, mighty, tiny, mighty, mo. Fire engine to the rescue, tiny, mighty, mo. Here's a tank, it's coming through, tiny, mighty, okay, never mind. So, all right. But anyway, with this blanket disclaimer, I just want to say in every way we're going to describe today, in everything I'm going to talk about, this all deals with really God doing it. But there's elements of how he does it. Are you with me? Now, after this, this today is finishing this series, I am so stoked. I'm so excited about our next series. I, I mean, because we've been talking so much about the kingdom because that's how God wants us to live, in the kingdom. The Bible says this, you know, we want as it is in heaven, to be here on earth. Let me, let me share something with you really quickly. You know, when you get born again, when you get saved, when you ask Jesus in your heart, that's what all of those mean. You actually are right at that point. See, people are just think, well, I'm going to live for eternity when I finally get to heaven. You are living in eternity right now. It's, it's kind of starting now. Because you're in the spirit now. Now, I mean, you're in a physical body, but because you are connected to God, that's why he is saying those connections can happen from there to here. Say amen to that. So we need to understand as we're going into this, that God has got this covered. And again, because God is on your side, he's not nationwide. But keep in mind that he is putting, we have to put our hand to, we have put our faith to work. We have delegated authority to us because of what Jesus did on Calvary. We release the kingdom and his laws. And anyway, in this next series, it's going to be about citizenship. I'm so excited because we're going to talk about how to live in the kingdom of God. How to be a citizen. You already are a citizen if you've accepted Jesus. Wouldn't it be great to understand how the laws work so that the things that you're believing for can actually happen? Now, maybe you don't want that. Probably then you can miss that week or those weeks. But I'm telling you, I think you're going to want that. Because that's what happens when people that don't know Jesus, they find out that people that do know Jesus and they go, 
how did that happen? You see, we need to find out why all the fish showed up for Peter's net. And it took John and James to get them all in and almost the boat. How did the bread multiply? How did the lady have enough oil that would just take care of all of that for the rest? I mean, how did that? We need to ask those kind of questions. And if I can show you in citizenship how that stuff can happen for you, would you be interested? We're going to look at nuts and bolts and it's going to be it's going to be an amazing ride. But God has his hand involved in in your life. He loves you. And and so we're going to talk about provision. So let's unpack this together. Here's our first thought this morning. God will provide through the hand of people. He will use people to help you. Has anybody ever come over and just helped you, brought you a meal? We have people that go in the hospital and we have people that sign up. I want to take care of them. I'm going to show I'm going to share a meal. Or, you know, have, have you ever had somebody buy you, if maybe your car was broke down, they fixed that car, buy the part, help you with tires. Come on, anybody in, know that God just sent somebody or somebody just comes and you ever bought somebody's Christmas because they just didn't have it? So God could use the hand of people. We have to be submitted, obviously, to the king and the king of Genesis 45, 7 and 8 says, God sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he's the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of Egypt. Now, this is Joseph talking to his brothers, and he's basically saying, God set this up so that I can take care of not only you, but all of all of these people that need help. Sometimes we need to understand God is obviously bigger than what we give him credit for. But he might have a plan, just maybe, bigger than what you think. And sometimes going through some crap, we don't understand half the crap we're going through. I saw a, a cartoon one time, and I want to say it's, I don't know if you say it, Calvin and Hobbes. Is that right? Because, uh, okay. But anyway, he's walking through the house, and I think this might be loose again, but I'm working on it. He's walking through the house and he's yelling, Mom! Mom! Hey, Mom! And he, you can see him walking through every avenue of the house and he finds his mom upstairs in the bathroom. She goes, Calvin, what is it? He goes, I have dog poop on my shoes. And there's a trail through the whole house. Isn't that sometimes something like that's what happens in life? We go through some stuff. And as we get through all of that, we start understanding, oh, man. And we've tracked sometimes stuff through the whole house that we really probably didn't need to track. But God blesses people so he can provide for others. Some people will understand what we're going to talk about in citizenship and they'll get it and they'll connect that connection and then God will start to bless them. You've got to understand, God doesn't arbitrarily just work like, I'm going to bless Glenn today. I might bless, bless Brett, but he's kind of ornery. He just said that, that poop joke. I'm not sure I'll, I'll do that now. He doesn't just arbitrarily do that. He doesn't just say, I'm going to bless you. I'm not going to bless you. I, I, he, he works by covenant. He works by law and principle and kingdom. People go, well, I don't know God's will. He wrote it down for you so that you can know his will, so that we can walk in these laws and we can see the kingdom happen here just like it's happening there. You need to, you need to understand, somebody's going to connect with that and realize that God, some won't connect, and then the people that do are going to be able to bless those that don't and bring them aboard. Help me, somebody. So God can help us through people. 
through the hand of man. Sometimes we don't like who he might decide to use to help. They don't come in always the packages you want. There's a story of a guy that sat outside a church and he was just dressed terribly. And it was actually the pastor dressed up. You've probably heard stories like this before. He dressed up like a, a homeless beggar or something and went, went in and, and the guy got basically shunned. And, uh, and so then he's sitting outside and, and the story goes that, that Jesus came up and said, you know, um, how come you're sitting out here? And he said, they won't let me in there. And he said, they won't let me in there either. So, so sometimes we don't like what is presented to us or we are not understand, but everything isn't always as it seems. Sometimes things aren't always the way that you see them. That's how the enemy gets by, he'll, he'll get you by uh, an illusion, so to speak, or a, a deception. It isn't always what you think. We live in a time, and I tell you what, I'm guilty of this as anybody. Have you ever just assumed anything? Because it just appeared that way, so we just make an assumption, and we just call it that way, and that's how it is. Sometimes it turns out that's not how it is, and we wish we wouldn't have opened our mouth. But it's hard to get anything else in there when our foot's in there. <laughs> Luke 6, 38 says, Given it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, will be, uh, will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Remember, we talked about this. I've taught you about this before. This was also not just talking about money. This is preached all the time on money, but this is also talking about judgment. So it's not just about money, but it's about if you measure back, that's what's coming back to you. If you... If you're judging, guess what comes back? Judgment comes back to you. So the same measure that you get, it's coming back. The King James says this, Shall men give into your bosom? So God can use people to help you. He used ravens to feed Elijah. Ravens are not supposed to pick up food and go give it to people. They just really just do what seagulls do. And how many know what seagulls do? My mom could tell you that. She is a seagull attractor. True story. You got a minute? Good. I got you a captive audience anyway. True story. We were getting ready. We're on vacation. We're going to go out. We're excited. We're all going to go out. We're going to go eat and stuff. And we've been teasing my mom because we've been out in the boat. And I'm telling you, we were on vacation in Michigan. And this state, we, we love the state. I'm not saying the team. So no tomatoes. So we're out. And, and she'd be out in the boat. And I'm telling you, if there's a seagull around, and of course there's water, so they were... They just bomb her all the time. We'd be sitting in the boat, and she'd just bang, bang. And they just, you know, we would laugh till our sides hurt. And, and we would tell her, what is it? I mean, do you, you know, and she'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. So, true story. She goes in the house. We're getting ready. We're going to go out to eat. Probably going to go to a movie or something like that. We're going to go out to eat. She comes out the door. <laughs> we're standing on the deck. And she said, well, we're ready to go. And we said, yep. Seagull flies over and hits her in the head. Boom. Smears her hair down, runs down her face, hits her in the shoulder. I look at my dad. We just start laughing. Mom just goes, I'll be back. It's totally funny. But ravens aren't supposed to do that. They're not supposed to bring food to people. In ministry, we've seen people that have just been incredible givers that start doing things and start giving. 
and giving and giving. And there usually is a season for that. Now listen to me. Because if we're not careful and we're human, we start depending on the person and not the reason they're doing it. Because we use the person by nature as our source. They are not our source. That's the system. It's not the source. And we need to remind ourselves that because there have been times that God will do that and then God, the, you know, if you look even at Elijah, the brook dried up. There's going to be a time when that doesn't because God wants you to understand He is ultimately your source. The person is the means, but God is your source. You can start believing you walk in favor. I believe that wherever we go, God gives us favor. And he provides for us, and he can do that through, you know, sometimes it's connections. We went to Amish country one time, and there were 17 of us. And we went to the Farmstead Restaurant in Berlin, Ohio. And there's a lot of people in there. That is a buffet-style restaurant, and it's all good Amish cooking, good home-cooked food. And, you know, trying to get 17 of our family to all sit together, kind of crazy. And there's a lot of people there, and there's a line. And I just felt prompted of the Lord. I went up and said, and I just went and talked to them. I just said, look. Is there any way we got 17 of us? I mean, could, is there any way we could get us all together? And they started talking to me, and, well, oh boy, that's a lot, and, and everything. And I, and I said, no, I understand. And if you can't, could you get us kind of in the same proximity? You know, we'll, we'll work with you. We'll wait a few minutes if that's what it takes. And, and we established this conversation, and the person said, well, what do you do? And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor, but this, I'm just here with my family and God just gave favor, and I didn't use that like, thus saith the Lord, I shall, I'm Moses. You know, I didn't do anything like that. And they went, and they went right away and, and put all 17 of us, they just said, come on. Like that, and all 17 of us went and sat down together. And I mean, my family was looking at me like, how'd you do that? And I'm thinking, I didn't do it. I mean, I didn't go over there and say, you know, I didn't use the pastor card, but it just, it was favor of God. Here's thought number two. God will provide from his own hand. We've all seen that, just things that will happen. Um, and, we, you know, it's just amazing. After 70 years of being fed by Pharaoh, that's by man, think about that. He took care of Joseph and all his people of Israel. But then that Pharaoh died and somebody else has taken over. Have you ever been in a business where the boss retires or leaves and a new boss comes in? New sheriff in town. You go to, maybe you've been to a church for a long time, and then you go to that church, and that pastor, uh, something, you know, maybe he went to be with Jesus or, or moved on, and then there's another pastor comes in, different vision. Sometimes that gets tough. And so then we have to start going, oh, it rattles our cage. But we have to remember God is our source. He provides for us. Things can change, but God doesn't change. So he is the one steadfast, steady thing. Jesus said it this way. You can do nothing without me. I am the vine. You are the branch. If we really think about it, if we are honest with each other and we really love God, then we are dependent, come on, on God. We are dependent on God. I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't have to know how God's going to do it. If he wants to send ravens to feed me, then let him send ravens. Not seagulls. Ravens. <laughs> But if he wants to do all that, then let him do it. I don't know how he's going to do it, but God is my source. I'm dependent on God, however it shows up. Think about the supernatural things that God has done that I don't even know how. If we go back and said, well, somebody must have dropped the money. Maybe they did. Maybe God made it appear. I don't know. But again, we're 
traveling, and some of you heard this story, so I'll make it quick. I look down, I'm, I, this is what I asked God. God, I don't even have money to feed our kids. We had four kids, and we were, do we have all four then? And we went, <laughs> just checking. <laughs> we went, and again, we just wanted to get out of town. You ever just want to get out of town? Just like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to get away. If I see people, I don't want to know them. You ever feel like that? Because if you know them, you're forced to just, and you, it's not like you don't like them, but you just, you don't want to put on a happy face. Good things are going to cheer up. You just want to be like, I don't want to be nice right now. I want to get out of town. And I don't mean that bad. But we got out and we were just getting out. And, and then when you have kids and they're little, if you're the adults, you really don't get away. <clears throat> You'll find out. You got one coming, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. She goes, I already got two. Well, this is what happened. We got there, and this is what, you know, my, my son, he was the drummer today. That boy was an eating machine. He was like his brother Sam. That, they could put some chow away. And he start, I'm hungry. I'm hungry, Daddy, I'm hungry. And Kim and I look at each other, and we really didn't plan this. We just wanted to get out. We didn't plan it for gas. We didn't plan it for food. We didn't pack anything. We just were like, we are getting out. And we, I'm like, oh, Lord. And I mean, I got out and I'm thinking, all right. You start looking at your wallet. What am I going to do? How am I going to feed these guys? And this is what I said. My prayer was, Lord, I just had 10 bucks, man. 10 bucks at least. And I don't even know why I said $10 because thinking back, that's pretty stupid. I got four kids and two adults. Ten dollars can't even hardly buy you two meals at McDonald's anymore. Unless you're eating the, you know, the mighty meal. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, that's why I said it was kind of a flare prayer. You ever shoot one of those? <clears throat> we got out of the car. The kids are hungry. And I look down and there's people walking everywhere. And there's a ten dollar bill laying right there. Um. And it's like it's oblivious to everybody else. At least so far, they haven't seen it. So, I mean, I went over and picked it up and was like, yes. So we fed everybody with 10 bucks, and then I thought, I wish I would have said more, but I didn't. But we fed everybody with $10, took our tithe out of that. Actually, we fed everybody with $9. So uh, what I'm saying is God can supernaturally provide. We've seen him do all kinds of things. We had, uh, I, I have all so many stories. But we had a, uh, a turkey. Um, we lived in Fairborn, and we had a turkey. A turkey has those big drumsticks. Love those. Because when I grew up, I watched Fred Flintstone eat those things. And those were always awesome, because I always thought, man, that, you're, you're wealthy if you can eat a big drumstick. you got a big old... And when we'd go, we went to Disney World, I always wanted one of those big old turkey legs, just because it looked like, ha-ha, I am the king. I have a turkey leg. But anyway, there's two of those, right? So during the meal, I had one, and I think one of the boys had one. And, and that was it, besides the, the wings on the front, you know. Um, and the next day, I mean, one of the boys had said, I wish we had another turkey leg, or I want another turkey leg. And I'm like, we already ate those. Open the refrigerator, there was another turkey leg on that turkey. I, I still to this day, I'm like, are you kidding me? So I don't know if there's kind of an angel at night. <laughs> you know, I don't know what they do. 
But that's what that's exactly what happened. And so I, you know, I hand that to the kid, and I'm thinking, man, that every bite of that's got to be like angel dust or something. But we ate three legs off that turkey. You see, no matter what you think, if you're like, oh, it's my business, this is this. I don't care where you work, God is your source. I don't care how you think it, God is your source. God spoke to people and said, you know, told Elijah, go, this widow woman, she'll feed you. And, you know, he does that and the story goes on. And she, things happen that all of a sudden she has enough for her and her, her son and all that. We need to be asking ourselves, when we talk about citizenship, how does that happen? You know, if the devil was smart, he isn't, but he's going to convince you that it doesn't matter. He's going to, he's going to tell you, you know, gloom, despair, agony on me. <laughs> All of those things. But you've got to listen to the inner voice. You've got to listen to that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit inside. And when he's speaking to you, sometimes he's just saying, stay calm. It's okay. I got this. And a lot of times there's noise around going on. How many knows there's a lot of noise out there? That frequency, if you get a radio, there's all kinds of radio waves going through. But if you wanted a certain station, you've got to tune in to the right frequency to pull that station in. It's the same thing as we're believers. We have to tune in to the voice of God. There's a lot of noise going on. But we've got to start looking to the source. Exodus 16, 14, and 15. When the dew evaporated a flaky substance, you know I was going to get to this. As a fine as frost blanketed the ground, the Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. Moses told them it's peanut butter and jelly. No, he said it is food the Lord has given you to eat. So provision comes from the hand of God. God put manna on the ground and they went out and got it. He gave them instructions on what to do, told them exactly how to get it. There was parts and times when all of a sudden the manna wasn't there. And we'll talk about that in just a second. There's different things that are happening that we need, that only God could do. He, I'm totally convinced nobody could tell me any different. He didn't put that $10 there. I don't know how he did it. I don't know if somebody pulled their wallet out and it fell out. I don't know. I don't care. All I know is that's what I asked for. I asked for $20. Somehow it got on my windshield one time. I don't know who put it there. I don't know if, again, there was an angel going, <laughs> I have no idea. You'll find out when he talked about man, and he didn't give everybody the same amount. He gave them what they needed, and different families had different needs. If you've got more youngins than somebody that has one or two, and you've got four or five, you're going to need more food. So they were allowed to get more. They were allowed to gather more. Things were happening, but they still had that same list of what to do and when to gather and when not to. But they, they could gather enough for their family for what they needed. When we started this church, I mean, it'll be 13 years old in February. That's crazy. In a good way. But I mean, you know, we started when it was just like everything, you know, we, we got the kids up at 5 in the morning or something because it was an hour and 45 minute drive to get here. Put them in the van asleep, sometimes in their pajamas, and brought their clothes Loaded the van with all of the sound equipment, got to the school, set up the sound equipment, all that. Met some other people that were here that were attending church and all of that. This thing started happening and, you know, and, and everything was... So it started from whatever you're going to have to do sometimes more than what you think because your investment, whatever God is telling you, you just have to do it. And then he starts taking things over. He takes things. How many knows that he goes from glory to glory? So, you know, if we invest, he says he'll bless the work of our hands. 
He is just an amazing, an amazing God. How many have grown up with church that had work days? Sometimes you have work days and nobody shows up but the same three or four people. And you don't understand that, and so the people that don't show up are the ones that usually complain about stuff that's not done. <laughs> Pastor, be good. <laughs> you see, if we start understanding that this church isn't about us, we don't run TLC, uh, you know, just for us. We run True Life Church, or we have it exists to, to tell people about Jesus. It exists for the people that don't know Christ. It exists for the people that maybe were heard in church or something else, but then they, they find like, you know what? I can do this. God still loves me. I, I can tell you, no matter what you've done, nothing can separate you from the love of God. He loves you. He's loved you the whole time. As the vision grows, needs grow. As our family grew, our needs grew. Instead of a a two-bedroom place, you, you know, if you have more kids, you need more bedrooms unless you stack them on top of each other. You know, your food bill grows. Your kids, when they, like my kids, are, they're older now and, and uh, three of the four are married and have moved away. They, they know how to buy groceries and how to cook and they've figured out, wow, there's a lot more to this. Because that's just part of life. Your eyes get open to things that you're like, man... There's, there's more expense here than I know. And so needs grow in all of that. But God is bigger than that. As the vision grows, so does the provision. We've got to have a plan, church. Pastor Kim and I, we're going to be presenting just, you know, this is now that we're in this place, let's go forward. Let's blow this city wide open. Let's start doing things that God wants us to do. Let's do things that, that will bring people to come in. That will say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to come there. I don't know. I'm just going to come. Let's do things that will draw their attention, that will make them say, you know what, I want to find out about God. We can make a difference. We can't go forward by just staying. And we can't go forward by just saying. Talk is cheap. We have to believe, say, and do, and do not doubt. I'll talk about that in citizenship. We have to keep giving. We have to, not just money, but our time and our heart, our devotion. We need to understand there's maintenance to vision, and it needs fed regularly. We have people that will believe, you know, everybody wants to believe for prosperity. And it's been abused and misused, and I get it. But everybody wants to be prosperous. If you, if you don't, you're probably not being real truthful. Everybody wants to have more than enough. If you're honest, you would like to be able to pay your bills and not ever worry about it. How many would like to have their house paid off? How many would like to not have any kind of a car payment at all? Or, you know, just have thousands in the bank? If you want to go on vacation, you could. If you needed to buy something, the only question you have to ask yourself is, what color do I want? I mean, can we just not... But, see... In church, you've got to be careful how we talk about that and how we think about that, but God is bigger than that.
I'm here to tell you that God is not through with you. He is going to prosper you. He's going to make sure you're blessed. He has work for this church to do and work for you to do. He wants more services, more salvations. He believes in Marion, Ohio. He believes in True Life Church. This isn't the only church doing good things for God. But he believes in this place and he believes in you so much that he sent his son to die for you. At this time, so that you can say yes, and you can take whatever this is, and just trust me and listen to me. There is a better life than the church life you've known. Dear God, I went to church for years, and, and it just frustrated me. Because there would be a good service. You ever been to church where it was a good service? And then I'd come home, and people would even say, this is why this church was birthed. Boy, wasn't church good today. Yes, church was good today. I don't care how much you dance. I don't care how much you fall down. What happens on Monday? I, I got to take whatever I got. How does that work for me? Are you in the building today? How do I apply it so this thing works and I can see a difference instead of just believing and never ever getting there? Where's the fruit from that? Philippians 4.13, the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs. Turn to your neighbor and say, all. From his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. You see, you have people that say, I don't want a lot, I just want enough to get by. Can I just say, then that is a selfish me attitude. Because there are people that don't understand the kingdom and won't connect or won't understand. But what would happen, isn't that how Jesus, think about it. How did Jesus How did Jesus get Peter? What was Peter? What did he do for a living? That's how he got Peter. Peter understood fishing. The next thing you know, tapped into the kingdom and there's this truckload of fish. And Peter's like, "Oh my word." I mean, if you could work your neck back in Jerusalem, Peter probably been doing that. And so, you know, that's how he got him. He's like, I'm going to make you fish for men. I'm going to show you how to do that. You see, there's some things that you might not understand. And maybe it's not fishing. Maybe like me, maybe, you know, I'm a deer hunter. He helped me understand the kingdom through deer hunting. That's how he understood, got Pastor Gary. Maybe it's, maybe it's not that. Maybe it's a, a job you have. Like Furman works with his hands. He's a master carpenter. Kind of takes after his heavenly father. You know, I mean, he made that sound booth back there. It's, it's amazing. I mean, we're talking precise, whatever those are called, but he does it. I don't do that. I don't know how to do that, but he does. What I'm telling you is, I don't care what it is, but he can pull you into the kingdom. Those same principles apply. What I'm trying to tell you is, God is your provider. He's going to show you a way that you can live way past what you thought you could. We have people that just come to church. Just, I want a handout. I want blessed. I want, and, and again, I'm not throwing rocks because sometimes if that's where you are, that's where you are. I don't know how to get it, but can you help me? But some of those same people refuse to tithe, refuse to give, refuse to do anything to help anybody else. It's all about me. Can I get mine? Where's mine? Where's mine? Mine, 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 mine. And they complain about this. I like this, but I didn't like that. He didn't preach the right message. They didn't sing the right song. It's too loud. It's too cold. It's too hot. Can I just say you're too much? But the worship 
as much as we like to think it's for us, it's really for Him. Really. The message, it is from Him for us to serve Him and to go out and love and serve others. That's what this is about. That's connecting with Him. Because He wants us to connect. He wants this kingdom to really be real. He wants to provide for you. Philippians 4, 15 and 19. I just want to read that we always do Philippians 4, 19. Everybody knows that one. Let's read a little bit before it. As, as you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent um, help more than once. I don't say this because I want to give from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. The moment I have all I need and, and more, I am generously supplied with gifts you sent me from Ephroditus. Uh, these are sweet-smelling sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God. The same God who takes care of me will supply all your need and His glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So God's going to send, not only He'll send people in to help you, He'll help you. All of it's Him. Here's, here's our third thought. You'll help you. He'll provide from your own hand. You'll put your hand to it. Your gifts. Furman put his hand to making that. He also made these boxes for these lights to, to put on. Um, again, a gift. You know, people work around this church and have done so many different things. Gifted. Except the people that painted those windows, those three right there. I did that. You can see, they look bad. <laughs> Somebody painted that last one. I helped on that one. That one looks really good. But boy, those others look like, you know... <laughs> Let me paint. <laughs> I, I did that. We have to fix that. <laughs> I'm not supposed to paint windows, I guess. You know, it's not my gift. Joshua 5 through 12 says, No man appeared on the day that they first ate from the crops of the land, and it was never seen again. Uh, so from that time on, the Israelites ate from the crops of Canaan. So for 40 years, God fed them three times a day with bread from heaven. Now, they have to transition now they have to start saying, okay, I've got to put my hand to something. Sometimes that's a panic. I don't want to do that. Your children, when they have to go from everything you provide for them to all of a sudden now they have to either get a job or, or work and they figure some things out, then it's almost like, ah, how many remember when you were in high school you wanted to stay because you, well, no, you wanted out. I can't wait till I graduate. When I graduate, I'm going to conquer the world. And everybody writes the same things in your yearbook. Stay the way you are. Really? Do you really want people to stay the way they are? I, I knew some real idiots in high school. I was probably one of them. Stay the way you are. Don't change. I hope you change. Hope you get better. We all need to get better. But when we, we, we start realizing, boy, there's more responsibilities. God's taking me from this season to the next. When I was a kid, my schools that were there when I grew up in Marion, they're gone. Vernon? Who went to Vernon? The hallowed halls of Vernon Elementary. And then after fifth grade, when you were in first grade, you were like, you were the first, well, kindergarten. And then you, the first graders, the fifth graders ruled the school. And you couldn't wait to be a fifth grader. When you were a fifth grader, you had some swag. <laughs> then you went from Vernon, we went to Baker Middle School. At least I did. We went, and then there was all those other middle schools, Taft and Edison. And, was there another one? Taft and Edison and Baker. And then it was sixth to eighth grade. So then we were like, sixth graders, new kid on the block again. And the eighth graders were like, you're just a bunch of sixth graders. Couldn't wait till we were eighth graders because then we ruled the school. 
Then in Marion, back in that day, every middle school went over to the freshman building. And everybody was compiled into the ninth grader. That was fun. But we all had to figure out how to get along. Nobody really ruled the school there. It was just bullies or not, I think. Because <laughs> it was just all a mix. Then from there, you went to another season, to high school. And again, the whole thing started again. You were the freshman or the new kids on the block, 10th grade. And the seniors ruled the school. And you couldn't wait to be a senior. You see, life is full of seasons. And then you go through that, and then there's college and all of that. Life is full of that. You think you know everything until you get to this other point. Then you realize you're not so smart. There's a lot more to know. But thank God for His provision. Thank God along the way, He not only uses people and Himself, and it's all really Him, He also uses you. You start learning some things. You've put your hand to some things. He's showing Israel, now you have to sow and reap. Did you know that this, this principle, this law in the kingdom, and again, we'll talk about it in citizenship, you cannot change it. What you sow, you will reap. If you want to be a snot ball, you're going to reap snot. Now, I'm not sure why my mom got the seagull thing. Somewhere. I know why. You caught one with your fishing pole. She did. She cast out, catch a seagull. They make a lot of noise when they get hooked. She tried to reel that puppy in. Jurassic Park, right there. But God won't do for you what you can do for yourself. He's not going to do for you what you can do for yourself. He blesses those that are busy about His work. And it's not arbitrarily. It is about being obedient. It's about putting those principles in kingdom, those laws into place. Deuteronomy says, If you obey, you will enjoy a long life in the land of the Lord. This is 11, 9 through 12. To give your ancestors and to you, your, their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey for the land you are about to enter take over is not like the land of Egypt. In other words, as you're going forward, it's not like what you had before. When my kids grow up, it's not like what they're, they're going to have to understand how provision works. When you're planting seed made uh, irrigation ditches with your foot as in the vegetable garden, rather the land you will soon take over is the land, the hills and valleys, plenty of rain, the land that the Lord your God cares for. He watches over it through each season of the year. So the goodness of the Lord is going to follow you as you follow Him and are obedient and you put your hand to what He's told you to do. He's going to give you, now think about this, He's going to give you ideas and concepts that only God can give you. You might want to start a, a business and God could birth that idea in you and you could start it and it's totally successful. I've known stories of people that were totally on the edge of bankruptcy. You know, some people ask, you know, how do you even know what it's... You probably don't even know what it's like to be in want or whatever. I'm telling you, Kim and I, we've been in the wick line. We've done all that stuff. I've been bankrupt before. You don't know that. You do now. And God had to teach me. Those are painful things. But thank God I'm not going back. He wants something better for you than SOS prayers all the time. Something better for you than 911 prayers. Something better for you from just living from crisis to crisis. There's got to be, if you need a miracle every day, He wants something better for you. You want to live in the land of milk and honey and say, you know what, God, you're my provider. I don't want to spend my life in the ER. 
Find your purpose. Find your gift. One of the stories is that these people were about bankrupt and they got an idea, and I don't even know what kind of dog it is, but that's, boom, they got this idea for this puppy. And so she told her husband, and her husband said, ah, and, and I, I might have the story, you know, I think I have it right, but basically they both were in agreement. They felt the same thing. They went, and they were able to get this puppy somehow. Somebody blessed them with this puppy. They were able to get another one, and they had puppies. Um, well, of course, there was time involved. But they, you know, raised all this. And what happened is those dogs brought forth so much money, they paid their house off, got completely out of debt. You know, they were able to give like they'd never given before. Crazy. Where'd they get the idea? God dropped it in them. Here's this. See, sometimes we just don't even understand. Jesus said to Peter, go fishing. The first fish you catch, there'll be a coin in his mouth. Huh? God can give you something that you can take and it'll change your destiny. Are you willing to listen? Find your purpose, find your gifts, put them to work. So how we treat God's house could reflect on how our house is treated. If we seek Him first, if we're really honest. He'll provide from us, from, uh, it's all God, from man from himself, from our own hand. Here's our last one, and we'll finish this up. Sometimes he'll provide even through your enemy. You think about it for a second. Twelve went into the promised land. Ten came back with a bad report. Two said, we can do this. Majority of people will see problems. If I had a glass up here, if I ask, who says this is half full or who says it's half empty? Some people will say whatever you think I want you to say. Some people will say what they think. And it's okay to say it's half empty if that's what you think. It's okay to say it's half full if that's what you think. But again, perspective really is a lot. It's a hinge on the way the door swings. If I believe that God has my best interest and I believe as I follow Him and I obey Him that He'll provide for me. I really don't care how He does it. That's up to Him. But I'm going to put my hand to it. I'm going to speak over it. I'm going to watch my life. I'm going to do everything I can to keep that blessing open. I'm going to say no to strife. Come on, somebody. I'm going to help God do whatever I'm supposed to do. I mean, God's going to do His part. Isn't it me that usually is the short circuit? Because if something's not working, can I tell you, it's never not God. We got a monitor that's going up right back there. If you turn around, you'll see a TV on the wall. That's for the singers. The plug up there is dead. We don't know why. You know what? It doesn't work. That's why. We don't know whether the, the breaker keeps shorting out. We don't know why. So we're going to figure that out. What I'm telling you is there's a short somewhere. There's something that's causing that to not work. Are you with me? So sometimes when something's not working, it's not God. There's a short somewhere. Something's tripped the breaker. That there should be power from that to this. But something stopped it. So we have to say, God, show me where that, show me where that's at. So I can fix it. And I can get power from there to here and make it work. Numbers 14.9 
says, do not rebel against the Lord. Don't be afraid of the people of the land. They're only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. You know, when the Israelites left Pharaoh, if you read the account, and I'm, I could be wrong. I don't think I am in this case. But I think the, the Egyptians just gave them all this stuff. Take it. Just get, get, get it. Go. They gave them all this gold and all this stuff and sent them out in the wilderness. There's stuff that happens. I mean, the Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the rice. See, people, I'm just saying, we act like God is short. But he's not short. His arm is not short. Numbers 11, 23, it's not, not even short. He can supply all of your need. That's what I say. It's all good. Was that me? That was a scary. It sounded like it was me. Woo. Turn to your neighbor and say perspective. Sometimes you can draw strength. Have you ever met someone that they're just bitter, they're just mad? You can draw strength, not actually from them, but by, from God saying, God, thank you that you've worked in my heart. Because I can picture stuff where I used to be. I thank God I'm not there now. I still a work in progress. My wife could attest to that. She's been with me almost 34 years. and That's a miracle right there. Probably been different if I had the seagull anointing, but I didn't inherit that from my mother. <laughs> we'll let her have that one. Can I just say this? The enemy wouldn't be messing with you if you're not a threat to the kingdom. And so some of you are like, great, you don't even know what hell I'm going through. Can I tell you, some of what you're going through could give you just a clue that there's going to be a big good thing on the other end because there's something so bad that he wants and he doesn't want you to have. But I'm also telling you, he's got some ground that's yours. And it's time for you and I as the church believers in Jesus, to rise up and go get it. Go get it. Get our spiritual self up and say, you know what? I don't care if you're Popeye. That's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. Whatever it is. Let, I mean, some of us just need a backbone. We've had too much of a wishbone. Let's stand up and just start saying, God, what do you want me to do? If he says, take the land, let's go. Let's get the land. He says, you can do this, then let's believe him. But we're going to have to understand that provision for whatever he's calling you to do, he has already got it covered. I don't have to beg God for provision. It's already there. I don't have to beg God for a different thing. He's already done it. Don't quit. Don't give up. I'm almost finished. 2 Corinthians 9.10 and we'll, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. He'll provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest for generosity in you. See, people say, I, w- I need money. I wish God would give me money. He supplies seed. You've got to understand this kingdom law because, see, again, if we're, if we're not careful, we want everything our way. This is not Burger King. That's another jingle from my day. But... What he's saying is, I provide seed for the sower. And what happens to a lot of people that are in church is they eat their seed. They get blessed, 
and they eat their seed. We need seed to sow. See, what we do is we blame God for crop failure and we didn't put anything in the ground. A farmer doesn't, he doesn't plant just an acre of seed and then expect 50 million truckloads. He knows he's going to reap a harvest, but he also knows he's going to reap what he's sown. There's a kingdom principle there. So we don't hold on to our seed. There's part of it we use because he gave it to you, so you use it to meet the need. There's another part that you, you sow back in. You, you save it. Like when I told you I got $20 on, on my windshield, 19 of it we went and we bought food at Wendy's. A dollar, or no, excuse me, 18 of it, $2 of that 20 went back, listen, sowing again. Why? It's not mine. It's a principle. It's a law. I want him to, to bless you so much that you can't hold it. That you're walking away from here going, this is not church like I'm used to. Thank you. Not from me, but from, he wants you to know, this is not going to be church like you're used to. This is going to be actually you tapping into the kingdom of God and seeing light at the end of the tunnel. And your neighbors that don't know Jesus going, what are you doing? Just, I'm just following my boss. Following the master. He multiplies seed that's sown. He gives seed to the sowers. Are you a sower? I don't know. You have to ask yourself that. If you don't give him seed, how's he going to multiply it? Peter had to put his boat into the, into the kingdom so that that fish could multiply. And I'll teach you all of that. Everything works by a principle, by a law. 2 Corinthians says this, if I sow sparingly, I reap sparingly. In other words, if I, eh, then that's, eh, how I reap. But if I sow like, yes, then that's how I reap. Yes. It's what I do with that after I get it. See, people are like, well, money is evil. Money is not evil. Money is a tool. The love of money is evil. God doesn't, he, he wants you to have money. He just doesn't want money to have you. So you can have as much money as whatever. You just can't let money have you. You just have to be a good steward of it. I want your heart to be right. I want you to be a good steward. Now listen. He'll not only give you seed to sow, he'll also give you bread to eat. That's what that scripture says. So you'll have seed to sow, you'll also have bread to eat. Man, if he's going to take care of my food and he's going to help me, sow into the kingdom, and I'm going to reap a harvest so I can sow more and help more people, I'm in. So he'll provide for us through hands of people, through himself, through your own hand, and even through your enemies. Would you bow your heads, please?